0: Time now for the SCL Mortgage Show with your host, Sandy Clough, and co host, Larry Jager. Stay tuned as we discuss everything mortgage, educate, inform, entertain. It's the SCL Mortgage Show. Now, here's your host, Sandy Clough, with mortgage industry veteran, Larry Jager. And good morning. Welcome to the SCL Mortgage Show. I'm Sandy Clough with Larry Jager, the president of SCL Mortgage on this ninth day of July, 2022. Good to have you along with us. And, of course, the phone number to contact SCL Mortgage, as always, we want to remind you, and we will several more times during the course of the hour, is 303-790-2222. MySpecialMortgage.com is the website. And on this holiday week, Larry, hope you had a good fourth. Good to see
1: you. Uh, Good to see you, too, Sandy. Um, We did have a good fourth. Yeah, it was... um... Let's see, there was a neighbor, uh, had a a pig roast, and there were a bunch of people over there. And, you know, we we were sitting in the garage, and one of my neighbors said to me, uh, oh, I hear you every Saturday on the S.L. Mortgage Show with you and Sandy Clough. He's never mentioned that before, and we've been neighbors for, gosh, six years now. And he said, yep. I listen to it just about every single week. So uh so that was nice to hear and uh yeah, it was it was very good. How about uh you? Very peaceful? Yeah. Uh very
0: uh, uh very satisfying, nice long weekend and of course uh uh we're back at it uh this week uh kind of between seasons. Yes. Uh right now, uh, the Rockies are are going but not going very well. And, of course, uh, the other three teams will be off uh, at least until the Broncos open camp in late July. Uh, Let's get right down to it. Uh, Some basics, which we like to review from time to time here. Uh, Let's talk uh, purchases. Okay. How much money does it require for a down payment?
1: Well, it uh, requires a little bit more now that home prices have gone up. Um, But it's still, there's a lot of good programs out there, Sandy. Uh, for example, if you are a veteran and you have a certificate of eligibility or you don't have it, we can always get it for you. So you don't have to have a down payment. We can actually, um, there are programs where you can go up to a million dollars without a down payment as long as you qualify. So those are really, really good uh, for veterans. Um, we do have a down payment assistance program that uh, <clears throat> has met with some um, it's 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 been very good for a lot of people. We're able to assist them with the down payment. And we've also, uh, on an FHA loan, you can get in with as little as three and a half percent down, which is pretty darn good. You know, if you're buying six, seven hundred thousand dollar house in and three and a half percent down. And there's also I don't know if our, our listeners are aware of that, with um if you have that uh, that rich uncle or or the parents that wanna help you co sign, they can do that without having to live in the property. So gifts are uh okay on an FHA loan. And then there's always uh, the conventional loans where we put, we can put uh uh gosh. Just lost my train of thought. Conventional loans where we can put 5% down. And of course, when people are moving from a property to another property, they probably have a lot of equity in that property. So they men many times they're able to put down 10 or 20%. So It varies, and and depending on your FICO score, but uh, it's still a really good time to purchase, Sandy.
0: Larry, I know you have a program called Lock and Shop, and we've talked about it a little bit. How does that work for purchases?
1: Oh, it's a great program, Sandy, because... Right now, interest rates, uh, you know, they're, they're going back and forth. They've come down a little bit. Some people are saying that they're going to go back up when the, when the Fed Reserve um, hits, uh, let's see, I think they're hitting or meeting, I'm sorry, in next week. So there's some concern that rates might go up again. So if, if people have that concern, we can lock their interest rate in and then they can go shopping. So we can lock it for up to 120 days, right. sometimes even a little bit more. So if people are concerned about that, it's a good way to lock in your interest rate now before it goes up.
0: Larry, do you know if builders on a new home offer bank statement loans, or how about your DSCR program?
1: No, they do not. <clears throat> in fact, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Sandy, because there's people are buying homes, still buying new-build homes, and most every uh, builder that has a mortgage company, they do not offer bank statement loans. So if people are self-employed, it's a great opportunity for us to come and, and to us for a bank statement loan, and they can still buy that home. Now, here's the sort of people may or may not know this. You don't have to use the builder's mortgage company. They always want you to apply to see if you're qualified to buy the house, but you don't have to use it. So if you need a bank statement loan or our DSCR program, if you're going to buy that property as an investment property, then you can come to us because most likely they do not offer that program.
0: It occurs to me, and maybe I'm imagining this, but as you were explaining, uh, things that people sometimes take as a given and it's not a given at all, you don't have to do it. It occurs to me we talk about bank statement loans so much yeah. that even as we preface our remarks or include in our remarks the idea that very few people offer bank statement loans, we talk about them so much that our listeners could be forgiven For believing they're commonplace.
1: (laughs) That's exactly right. There are very, very few people in the country, probably even in the, in the, and certainly in our state that offer bank statement loans. And, and, you know, as you know, we've been offering them since the inception of um, SCL mortgage over seven, uh, seven years ago. So um, if you, if you are self-employed and you need that bank statement loan, please do call us. Our our rates are very competitive. They're, the closing costs are, are very competitive. And I think you're going to find that this bank statement loan for self-employed people is exactly what you need if you don't show that much income tax or that much net income on your tax returns.
0: We've gone over this program so much, and I'm assuming that it remains, if not your most popular program, among your most
1: popular it is. It it really is. Because, you know, self-employed people like you and I have talked about in the past have really been shut out of financing, typical residential financing loans. And how many times do we see emails where we've been we've been to our bank and they don't understand bank statement loans? And and uh, I don't think there's a bank out there that will do a bank statement loan. They all want tax returns, normally even three years of tax returns. So, um this bank statement loan is really, really tailored for the self-employed people where we don't even have to see your tax returns or your, your W-2s or pay stubs or any of that. We're going to go strictly off your bank statement loans. And we still do probably about 40 to 50% of our, of our uh, pipeline is in bank statement loans. So that tells me that there's a lot of self-employed people out there that need it.
0: And I think people do also hear about bank statement loans, or they hear that people don't offer them, and they figure, well, when I hear about it, it's too good to be true. There must be
1: a catch. Right, right. <laughs> we, you and know, there we, really isn't. There, there really isn't. It, it's just as as simple as we state it. That uh, we take a look at either twelve or twenty four months of your bank statements, and we only look at the deposits. We don't care what's left in the account at the end of the month, or we don't care about what the, the expenses are on the bank statements, we only look at the, the deposits. So when we total those up, divide by 24 or, or 12 months, then that becomes your income. So there's, it's like 9.9 times out of 10, Sandy, that we can get somebody qualified and it meets the, uh, the debt-to-income ratio and they're able to get the house or, or refinance the house.
0: You were telling me before the show that you had a quote. You're kind of a quote man here. Yeah. Uh, you often come in with quotes that you want to tell our listeners about. What's your quote for the day?
1: The quote for the day. So um, I was talking to uh, Nate Reese, one, our our sales manager, and we were talking about, um, you know, people that want to buy a house. And, and maybe they think, well, I don't know if I should. Maybe it's not, now is not the good time. So, Nate said to me, this is good, marry the house, but date the rate, meaning a house is always a great investment, but when rates come down again, which they they always do, then you can refi and lower your rate. So, that's my quote Mm -hmm. for the day, Sandy, marry the house, but date the rate, (laughs) so you can always refinance. It's a bit of a tongue
0: twister, but uh, (laughs) uh, yes, that's uh, very sound advice, and- um, We'll we'll come back to that quote. Okay. Uh, from time to time, uh, th- these are uncertain times. We talk about all the time uh, what's happening out there that seems confusing. I- is that a fair assessment? Rather than people all of a sudden don't want to buy homes right. or don't want to refinance, there's so much information out there at cross currents. And people do get confused. You're kind of shaking your head in agreement uh, yeah. with that. Maybe you'd expand on that idea a little bit. You're dealing with the public on a regular basis. On a
1: regular basis, and all of our loan officers are on every single day. So there's been some interesting uh, sort of dynamics that have pe- taken place over the past several months. You know, we had really super low interest rates for two, two and a half years. And then in February, they started to climb. March, they climbed. April, they climbed. And I don't know that in 34 years of doing this, I have ever seen that much drastic increase in rates like what we just witnessed. So right now, rates are in the in the high fives. Um, sometimes, depending on FICO scores and loan-to-values and stuff like that, they could be in the sixes. But we have gone from... Very, very low single digits historically low historically low and and I would tell people that you know if you didn 't refi at that time or you didn 't buy at that time it 's okay because those rates are gone they're who knows if they will ever come back you can 't sit around and wait for those mm-hmm. rates, you know five and a half, five and three quarter even six percent are really, really good rates. I mean, you lock in a rate for. Thirty years at five and a half or five and three quarter percent that 's a really good rate. It really is but but then we had this rapid, rapid appreciation, and now all of a sudden there's more homes on the market, so people are thinking, Well, should I buy now or should I wait or or what should I do and I can see why there's a little um, apprehension because people don 't know what's going on and and things are sh- are shifting so many times even in a month. So it can be uh it can be um a, a little confusion and a little uh, uncertainty but if you call us uh, our loan officers are very well versed on this and we can explain what's going on. Right now prices are starting to fall a little bit. So maybe it's becoming a seller's market right now and not so much a buyer's market. So and uh, I I have seen a lot of investment property loans uh, coming through our doors, Sandy. So people in the know are thinking, okay, this is a good time to buy. I'm going to buy this property, hold it for three, four, five, six years, and I think I can make some money on it. And in the meantime, it's probably going to cash flow or very close to it. So, yeah, very interesting times, but uh, give us a call and we can explain it.
0: 303 790 dot myspecialmortgage.com. We will talk about the idea of refinancing. When we continue on the SCL Mortgage Show right here on Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. This is the SCL Mortgage Show. And again, we broadcast on Saturday mornings, every Saturday morning, year round, between 7 and 8, right here on Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Larry, I assume people can refinance anytime and certainly when rates go down.
1: Absolutely they can. Um, You know, I looked at this week just for the kind of heck of it. I wanted to see the history of mortgage rates over the last 20 years. And they're actually higher over the past 20 years, actually higher than where they are today. So, but again, interest (laughs) rates always come down. Sometimes they go up, but they always do come down. We've seen it over a 20-, 30-year period. And if you buy a house today and rates come down, we can we can refinance it for you. And we can even do it with with very little closing costs or we can do it without any origination charges. So um, it's you know, there's no prepayment penalty on any um, owner occupied house these days, Sandy. So you can refinance it at any time. And in fact, You call us, and we can take a look at where rates are now, where rates are with your mortgage, and see if it makes sense. And if it doesn't, then that's okay. We'll just keep an eye on it for you. But, yes, they certainly can.
0: Let's underscore that point.
1: The average
0: over the last 20 years is higher than current interest rate levels.
1: Absolutely. You You can do the same thing I did. You can Google it. Uh, I just put mortgage interest rates over the past 20 years, and they are higher than they are right now, the, the, the average. So, so
0: basically relative to the 21st century, the current rates are low.
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. that That's the point we're, we're trying to make here because people are thinking, oh, my gosh, I missed that two-year window or six-month <laughs> window, whatever it is. These rates are still really good. They really are. But – you know, we, we see emails and, and um, a lot of people get a hold of us, and I don't know if I should refinance today. I know interest rates are higher, but I really would like to pay off some debt. The only way to do that, Sandy, is do the math. Okay, we can pay off this 1000 bucks a month or whatever it is, and maybe your rate will go to this. And still, if you're still saving 500 bucks a month, that's good money, and, and why not do that?
0: at the risk of stating the obvious you can do the math you're not you're you're saying just now that people can go google till their yeah. hearts content but you can do the math for them and you can present options people don't have to figure out their own options they don't have to figure out all the math on their own you can do that
1: yeah we we do it and we show them exactly how we did it and and then it makes very very Crystal clear sense to people, you know, if your mortgage payment is going to go from where it is today to whatever it's going to be at these rates, and and maybe it will be a little bit higher, but you know what? If you're saving five hundred or six hundred or seven hundred dollars a month off your credit card debt, that's good money. That's six, seven, eight hundred thousand uh, dollars or thousand um, dollars a year. So. And, and, and it's very simple. We, we do it all the time. We'd love to show our customers how to do that, our, our listeners how to do that. And then it becomes a, a crystal clear decision because the, the math is the math. It doesn't lie. It doesn't, doesn't have any emotions. So that's the, that's the exact way to do it.
0: Yeah, you and know, I want to circle back to a point because there's so much information and, frankly, some misinformation out there right now. You said earlier as far as the builders are concerned, home buyers do not have to use the home builder's mortgage company.
1: Absolutely not. And maybe that builder has good rates, maybe they're they're probably exactly the same as, as all of us, right? So but here's the thing the builder wants to know if I go under contract with you to sell you my house, I want to know you're qualified. So, yes, they want you to apply with them. They probably want to pull your credit, which is not that big of a deal. You can have one or two or even three time or three people pull your credit, and it 's not going to affect the score. But they have a right to know that if I go under contract with you, I want to know you can buy my house, but that does not mean that you have to use that mortgage company you can call you can call us for bank statement loans or d s c r programs or Or in in our down payment assistance programs, any of that stuff, but you don't have to use that mortgage company, and and most people don't know. They say, okay, I'm buying it from you. I have to use your mortgage company, and they may want you to, but you don't have to. So it's your call. You can go wherever you want, and hopefully, you call SCL.
0: And they may not say in so many words that you have to, but (laughs) people can be persuaded. Even if they're told you don't absolutely have to or they're not told uh, that it's something you you have to do, they get the impression uh, that they must. And, uh, again, when it comes to people qualifying for a mortgage and how they might know which of your various loan programs they should ask for, you can help them with that. We talk about collaboration and partnership all the time. You're not dictating to people which option they should choose uh, that best suits Mm -hmm. you. You're in partnership with these people, and we've had enough of your customers on as guests to know that and know that it is relatively uncommon to have those options presented and to have really a partnership that goes on where all the pressure of uh, decision-making when you haven't perhaps gone through this process before, you're there as a partner.
1: That, that's exactly it, Sandy, because our, our customers are our partners. And our job, when they call us, is uh, in, in terms of qualifying for a mortgage, we have to ask certain questions. What right. are you comfortable with in the form of a down payment? What are you comfortable with in the form of a mortgage payment each month? Did you know that you have to – you don't have to, but in most cases, people want their taxes and insurance included in their mortgage payment. So we have to take those numbers and typically divide it by their, their gross income, and we come up with a, a calculation. And typically you want to see the income-to-debt ratio in the 43 45 maybe even as high as 50%. So our job is to first – ask the customer what they want to accomplish, what they're comfortable with. We don't want them into a house that they they're freaking out they can't afford it or, you know, I tapped out all my savings, I don't have any savings left. I put it into this house. We don't want you um, you know, into a house that you're that you're not comfortable with. So so our our job is to ask um our customers questions figure out what they want, what they're trying to accomplish, and expose them to all of our different loan programs. Maybe some are better for some than others, and, and, and that's the job. And, and I think we do a really good job at that, Sandy.
0: Speaking of that, uh, an opinion question here. Is an adjustable rate mortgage a bad thing?
1: No, absolutely not. In fact, um, adjustable rates are now coming back into flavor. Because when we had super low interest rates, adjust, we never never did an adjustable rate mortgage at all. But now they're coming back, and, and typically they are a little less than a fixed rate mortgage. So for people that say and, – and typically, Sandy, they're either a five- or a seven-year um, adjustable rate mm-hmm. mortgage, so meaning that it would be fixed for five years or seven years, and then it can roll to an adjustable so it behooves us to ask the question of the listener, how long do you think you're going to stay in this property? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's two years, maybe it's five years, maybe it's forever, but that can open up the doors to an adjustable rate mortgage. And and if we explain it, then most people are comfortable with it. They say, okay, well you know, our kids are this age and probably not going to be here forever, or, you know, our kids are gone in three years, and then we're going to sell and we're going to do something else. So, no, adjustable-rate mortgages, I'm I'm um, not a bad thing at all. I've had them for a number of homes that we've owned. So, yeah, and, and that's our job, Sandy, is to explain this to people so they know what to expect, what not to expect, and, and be comfortable with it.
0: You've always struck me in the... Five years plus that we've been doing this program as someone who is generally in favor of acting now and not waiting. You mentioned earlier, prices are coming down a bit. Should buyers wait? We're in the early stages of summer. Should they wait until late August, early September, or should they act now?
1: you know i i think they should act now <clears throat> it's it's uh, we've said it on the um, on the air before that people say should i wait and and wait maybe interest rates will come down a little bit maybe maybe home prices will come down a little bit i can tell you that we have um people i know people that are very successful out there locking or or putting an offer in on investment properties saying that these rates are pretty good and I'm going to keep it for another three to five, whatever number of years, and I'm going to sell it and I can make some money. And in the meantime, these are great interest um, or uh, depreciating assets mm-hmm. that you can write off on your taxes. So I'm, uh, I'm not a favor. I'm not a fan of waiting. I think uh, if you do the math, it, whether it's your, your primary residence or whether it's an investment pe- piece of property, if you do the math on it and, and understand what your goals are, then I, I think it's time, to, uh, it's time to pull the trigger and, and go do that.
0: When we come back, it'll be time for customer emails. Again, the number for SCL Mortgage, and you'll get an immediate call back, 303-790-2222. MySpecialMortgage.com is the website. Customer emails are coming next on the SCL Mortgage Show right here on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Time now for customer emails as the SCL Mortgage Show continues. I'm Sandy Clough alongside Larry Jager, the president of SCL Mortgage. And, of course, www.thesclmortgageshow.com is the place to go if you're looking to ask a question via email. And, Larry, you've got a few here today that we can get to right here and now. And again, these are all emails that have come in within the past week.
1: I am looking at them, Sandy, and I'm seeing July uh, July 1st, July 2nd. Uh, so, yes, they are all very fresh. So here's uh, here's one that um, caught my eye, Sandy. This is from John, who said, I'm self-employed and I'm looking at a gross income of 150000 per year. So he he knows the difference, Obviously, he knows the difference between gross and net, but he knows that on our bank statement loan, we can use the gross because <clears throat> those are deposits that he's put into either his personal checking or, or probably the uh, the company business account. So he's looking at one hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year, pretty respectable. He says I have two hundred thousand dollars down, and I'm looking in the five to six fifty range in Castle Rock. So that's uh, I know that I know that area well, and he also said my credit score is in the seven hundreds at last check. Can you help me? Well, that sounds like a perfect, perfect bank statement loan. Um, credit scores are just fine. Uh, One hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year is uh, just fine. So um, yeah, and I know for a fact between the five hundred and six fifty range. In Castle Rock, there's a lot of homes out there. I I actually see them. I have uh, uh, realtors that send them to me whenever the new listings come up, because I told you my wife and I are are interested in that very same thing. So, uh, thank you, John. I appreciate you listening, and uh, we're going to be able to help you out. Uh, okay, this is from uh, Larry, not me, but another Larry, <laughs> said I'm interested in a new home purchase. Unfortunately, uh, I co-signed my daughter's student loans, and, of course, this now shows up on my month, my monthly liabilities. He said, my daughter makes the payments, not me. This this is an interesting situation. So I wonder if he's had trouble with another company that said, this is on your credit report, so we have to count this debt against you. We don't have to do that. That's That's – kind of a fallacy. As long as your daughter makes the payments and she has for a year, we don't count that debt against you. So it may show up in your credit report, but that doesn't mean we have to count it against you. We'd simply have to provide proof to the underwriter that the daughter makes the payments. It's just like, um, if you, if you did a, um, uh, car loan and you co-signed for your daughter, your daughter makes the payments, we don't have to count that against you. So, um, that that's that brings up a really interesting story. So, I hope you well I hope you didn't get turned down because of that, <laughs> but I'm also glad that you called us because we we will not count that debt against you. Okay, so this is from Jonathan. I am considering a refinance to access cash, but should I wait? I hear interest rates may be coming down a little. Uh John Jonathan I would caution you that the the Federal Federal Reserve is going to meet I think it's next week and most likely they're going to raise the rates. Now they have come down just a little bit over the past several uh several weeks but I I would not. I would get a hold of uh one of our loan officers and get your rate locked in because it's more than likely that they're going to go back up. So um considering a refinance if you're paying off some cash or, or some credit card debt that's that's a good thing okay this is from elvin he said i hear your show on 104.3 in a podcast i'm in nebraska are you licensed in nebraska and i want to hear about a va loan for my family well Elvin, I think you've come to the right place we, because we are licensed in Nebraska, and thanks for listening via a podcast. And um, yes, we are licensed, and we do offer VA loans, and if you're looking for that loan for your family, um, yeah, our rates are are very, very good, and we'd be happy to help you out, and thank you for your service. Uh, okay, this is from Sherry, who said, we are trying to qualify for our first home, and wanted to know if our parents can help us qualify even if they don't live with us. Very good question, Sherry. You so talked about that. We did. We did. Um, yes, on a VA loan, I, I'm sorry, on a VA or FHA loan, you can have a cosigner as long as they're a blood relative and they don't have to live with you. So if they want to help you and good for you, it's going to make it easier for um, if, for if for the two of you to qualify for that. So um, they don't live with you, and that's just perfectly fine. So uh, I thank you for listening to the podcast, Sherry. Uh, Okay, I have one from Nathan who said, we hear you on your Saturday morning show with Sandy Clough and are wanting to buy our first home. So we wanted to know if something about what you have said about DTI, what is that, please? Okay, so there's three things that we look at uh Nathan we look at DTI we look at fico scores we look at the um what you're putting down on the property and i i've got to tell you over my years as an originator i've done a lot lot of home loans uh for first time buyers and and it's a it's a great feeling we i know you're nervous and we're going <laughs> to explain everything to you and get you to the end zone so you can end up with the keys in your hand for your your very first home. So the DTI is, um, I'm sure you've already talked to a loan officer, but we calculate your your DTI stands for debt-to-income ratios. So we calculate what's on your credit report and what your gross income is. We divide that, and um, that is DTI. Uh, Okay, I have one from Chris who said, We live in Boulder. Wanted to buy an investment property. We heard you talk about DSCR loans, and can you tell us more about that? Well, <clears throat> absolutely, Chris. We have this program called DSCR, which is basically debt service coverage ratio. And I actually I didn't want to forget anything about it, so i brought I brought a uh, uh, one of our one of our loan officers put together this flyer. Here's the the really cool part about this. So credit scores start at 640. Uh, We don't need any personal income. We don't even need employment income on the credit app. We can go up to 80% uh, um, loan-to-value, which is pretty typical on an investment piece of property. Um, It can be used for purchase or cash out. And properties can be obtained in a a, um, LLC's name if you want them to. Uh, we have loans up to 1.5 million, and we have uh, rates that are interest only if you want that. So basically, the property qualifies for itself. If your payment is, let's say, 2,000 bucks a month, and you're generating 2,200 dollars a month in rental income, you're mm-hmm. good to go. That's 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 a really really good program for um, somebody who needs that for an investment piece of property. Um. Okay, I have We've got one. got time for one more. One more. Okay, thank you. This is from Mitch, who said, I'm trying to decide if I should refine my mortgage or get a HELOC to pay off credit cards. Well, that's a good question, Mitch. And I would tell you that a HELOC, for those of you who don't know, stands for Home Equity Line of Credit. So what my suggestion here is, if you're going to get a HELOC to pay off credit cards, I would rather you see – rather we see you um, get a new mortgage as opposed to the HELOC because if you're going to get a HELOC, you have to put that money back into the property. If you use it to pay off credit cards, then it's not deductible. So you want that mortgage to be tax deductible, So and and it would not be with a HELOC. So I would – at this point, what I know is – what I know of what you've said is that I would get a – I would get a a new HELOC – I'm sorry, a new traditional mortgage, not a HELOC, and pay off your credit cards that way. So, And let's do the math for you, and uh, then we'll find out, Mitch. So thank you for the email. Very
0: good cross-section of uh, uh, comments today and emails addressing many of the loan programs that exist at SEL Mortgage from John, Larry, Jonathan, Elvin, Sherry, Nathan, Chris – And, Mitch, thank you for your emails. We'll have a new batch of fresh emails next week. The number for SCL Mortgage, as always, 303-790-2222, myspecialmortgage.com. And we'll wrap things up. When we come back, uh, we'll be uh, talking about uh, uh, how to lock the rate in and how important it is to lock that rate in rather than to let it float. That's coming next right here on Denver sports station, one Oh four, three, the fan Larry, I assume when you talk to a prospective buyer, you will tell them how much they can qualify for. And also suggest to them to lock the rate rather than letting it float.
1: A- absolutely. I. You know, We have uh, our salespeople and uh, our sales manager and I are always in conversations about this and and what people are asking or what they're saying. And one person said this week, well, I think I'm going to wait. I don't want to lock in the rate right now. I hear they're coming down a little bit. So I said, I actually actually got another Google, sent it to my sales manager and said, here's for this customer. Rates are about to go up again based on the Federal Reserve meeting. I think it's next week. So and and I can tell you, Sandy, over the 34 years I've been doing this, um, I say to people, are you comfortable with this rate? Um, Do you think that it's affordable or, you know, it all makes sense. Interest rates can go up so much faster than they can go down. So I always, always have said to people, you know what, let's lock it in. Then you don't have to worry about anything. You could sleep well at night. And, and if it's out there floating, th- that can be a really scary thing. So I would, it's 9.9 times mm-hmm, out of 10, yeah. Sandy, I would say to people, lock it in, and then you can forget about it. I
0: imagine there are quite a few people out there who are saying, boy, a year or two ago I could really see the benefits of buying a home. Maybe now, not so much. So what better time than now to review the benefits of buying a home, even in this current climate, or especially in this current climate?
1: You know, there's a lot of smart people out there, Sandy, and a lot of smart people right now are buying homes. They're buying it as investment piece of property and, and even their primary residence. If you, if, you don't, if you are renting, you need to get into a home. Pay your mortgage instead of your landlord's mortgage. And on a primary residence, you, know, you can write off the interest rate. If you're paying two grand a month, $24,000 a year in interest on your mortgage, you can write that off on your taxes. So that's a big, big plus. And not to mention your property taxes. I, I don't want to play CPA, but you want to talk to your CPA, but you, you can always write off the property taxes as well. So, and and of course, it's your home. You can do whatever you want with it, as long as you're conforming with the HOA guidelines, if if you have that. But even on an investment piece of property, you can write off the interest, you can write off the taxes, you can write off any repairs that you have to put into the property if that, if that becomes the case and you can depreciate that property. So there's a lot, a lot of good reasons, um, why people want to buy investment pieces of property. And I can tell you that there's a lot of smart people, um, that are doing that right now. Um, I know from stuff that I read, there's a lot of, um, uh, REITs being formed, real estate investment trusts mm-hmm. that are out there buying real estate. And there are, you know, this happened back in 2008 and 9 and 10, Sandy, when home values came down a lot. There were companies formed that were out there buying real estate, and they were renting it out and did very, very well on those properties. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to understand your situation. Then we're going to tell you the pros and cons
0: we've been talking almost entirely today about purchases. So let's switch gears and talk about cash out refinances. How long does it take typically to close
1: out those loans? You know, I was talking to Rebecca, one of our loan officers this week, and she said, well, she was in here not too long ago with right. her her, uh, her guest, um our 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 customer that just closed his loan and she said i 'd like you to talk about this uh, on a refinance. Sometimes we can close a loan in 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 three weeks, depending on maybe it 's a little bit less if um if the paper off our borrower has all their paperwork ready but we we like to have thirty days. You know I hear on the radio sometimes closing as little as as ten days it 's just not possible folks it 's just not." on on a purchase, maybe if you don't need an appraisal on a on a refinance, if you have to have an appraisal it's not possible to close in ten days so why why i don't know why people say that because you're just backing yourself in a corner plus there's a three day right of rescission on a refinance, and so it's just not possible to close in ten days so and and on a refinance andy there's no like there's no contract so there's no pressure of course we want our our listeners to to hit the end zone as quickly as possible but there's no pressure that it has to be on this certain day. Uh on a purchase contract or on a purchase then we have a a close date uh and then we are doing everything we can to to hit that date. So um uh on a cash out refi I would say to people let our loan officers do the math for you and we can explain it. And if it makes good sense for you to do that, then let's do it. And if it doesn't, mm-hmm. then, you know, we can maybe it turns into a loan. Maybe it doesn't. But we're here to help you guys and and do the math for you.
0: Interest rates the same uh, on a purchase vis-a-vis a refinance?
1: Uh, typically, they are, Sandy. It doesn't um, interest rates don't know if it's a purchase or a refinance. But I would say that uh, it does matter on FICO scores. And it does mm-hmm. matter on um, how much money you're going to put down on the property mm-hmm. or how much equity you have in the property right now. So that can vary a little bit. But an interest rate, yeah, if if you have two situations that are exactly the same, interest rates don't care if it's a, a purchase or a refi. So um, great question. We've never never um, delved into that before.
0: So when you say that interest rates will vary depending on the LTV and FICO score, it seems as if people should call you if they think their FICO scores are lower.
1: They absolutely should. And and I would say make the call today as opposed to waiting and waiting and then pretty soon it slips your mind and you don't do it. But, you know, there's in, – in fact, I heard this on 60 Minutes so several years ago. Um, 60 Minutes was interviewing two of the large um, trade, uh, the the bureaus, and they said that there's about 33% of all reports out there that have misinformation on them. So you need to check, and, and you should check on each one of the three bureaus to make sure that there's no misinformation on your credit report. And if there is, you can certainly call us and we can show you how to get rid of it. If it's an error, then you absolutely can get rid of it. Or maybe there's something on there that shouldn't be on there. Um I, I could tell you a quick story, Sandy. Um, years and years ago, I um I got a call from somebody in Chicago and they said to me, Do you have you live at this address and you have this in this house? And I thought who are these people? Why are they calling me? And so they as the as the conversation went on, they said, um, we were by your house, and I see you're doing some landscaping, and you have this big pile of uh, gravel in front of your driveway. And I'm thinking, how the heck did they know all this? Well, it turns out they were hired by uh, GM or, uh, Chevrolet, and somebody had uh, leased a car and never made a payment on it. So they thought I had this Corvette leased or <laughs> inside of my garage, and they were sure they had the right person. And I said, "No, sorry, man, it's not me." But there was an inquiry on my credit from GMAC, wanted to know maybe I was the one who leased that car and never made a payment. So
0: you were part of the one third.
1: I, I was part of the one third, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, you do you do go to the three bureaus, and and you can do that online. Colorado law has it that you can check you can get a free credit report uh each year by law. So check your credit, make sure there's nothing wrong.
0: Before I let you go, you have something special lined up for our show next week.
1: I do. I do. Um we're going to have either one or two guests which are both first-time buyers and I thought we could ask them about what what are your hot buttons? What you know, what do you have uh, in the way of a down payment? What's your apprehension to buy right now? They uh, they want to apply with us. And I thought, well, they have applied with us, to be perfectly honest. And I th- I thought, let's bring them in and let's probe them a little bit and see what they got. So that, Fascinating. That's gonna it's a be good. little
0: different. We haven't done that before. Right, right. So we look forward to it. We'll see you next week, and as always, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you, Sandy. It's been great to be here.
0: That's the SEL Mortgage Show for this week. We'll see you next week on July 16th, right back here on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan.